The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, beautiful people. It's Renee Blewett, and I am your host for the She Did That podcast. Have you ever wondered how your favorite women founders are building these beautiful brands and legacies? Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, already on your journey, or just someone who wants to learn from the best to ever do it, this is the podcast for you. Every week, I'll introduce you to powerhouse entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators who are carving their own paths with love, resilience, and bold ambitions. Be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. It's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. And today, this is my 100th episode. So I launched my podcast in the end of 2020. It's been almost two years and I have uploaded every single Tuesday. I have not missed a single week and I have loved bringing you this content for the last almost two years. I've uploaded some bonus episodes and some more. And so here we are a hundred episodes later. In the last 100 episodes, I have had the most amazing founders, influencers, content creators, so many different types of people on this podcast. And I personally have learned so much. These are friends and peers and people I admire. There's bits and pieces that I thought I could highlight for you of the last 100 episodes of the things that stood out to me the most. So I'm going to highlight a few of those and I'm going to link them all in the show notes here. So if you guys want to go back and listen to the full episodes, they are all available here. And if you have enjoyed listening to my podcast, I would love if you could just take a moment to subscribe to my podcast. It's absolutely free. And all it means is when you open up your podcast app, you'll see my newest episodes there. And if you're loving it, it would mean so much to me if you could leave me a five-star rating and review because it helps the podcast so much. Let's get into some of my favorite things I've learned in the last hundred episodes. I wanted to highlight a few of the categories that I've done podcast episodes of in case you've missed them so you can go back and listen to them. In the wellness category, a few of my favorites were the 30-minute walking meditation, an episode with Jay Shetty, why gut health is so important, and making fitness a routine with Sammy Clark. There have been so many incredible influencers and content creators on here, and I learned so much from each of them because I want to know what everybody's doing on different platforms and how they're creating content. There was Matilda Jerf. Someone from Instagram came on to talk about the best practices, Desi Perkins, Kimi Crawford, Jackie Ina, Brittany Xavier, who pivoted her career from being on Instagram to also focusing on TikTok content. And speaking of TikTok, Michaela Naguero was also on, who was sharing all about her content creation on TikTok. In the fashion world, if you guys are thinking about starting a fashion company, there was Emma Greed from Skims and Good American, Risa from Revolve and Forward, Cult Gaia, House of CB, MEJ, and Set Active. And then there has been so many brand founders who I just admire so much. Lauren and I have had a couple episodes on about talking about Summer Fridays, Jessica Alba, Red Beauty Supply, Jen Atkin, and so many more. There have been a few key things in the podcast that have really stood out to me of things that I actually implemented into my own life that... I feel like I just could, I wouldn't have learned or known about before the podcast. And one of the most important things that really changed the way I structure my schedule is Emma Greed. She's a co-founder of Good American and also a founding partner of Skims and Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. So they're both very busy women. They have a lot going on and they have so many different types of work. And if you are someone who has a couple different jobs or different types of work that you do, this might be helpful for you. So both of them schedule each day to be focused on a certain type of work. Actually, Chriselle Lim said that she does this too. And because I've got influencer work, podcast, and summer Fridays, I was having a really hard time switching between tasks on days. And I still do all the jobs each day, but I try to focus jobs on certain days so that 
it's like if today is a phone call day or today is a creative day or today is a summer Fridays day or a recording day, I'm waking up and doing all the work in that mindset. And it worked for me really well in the pandemic when we were still working from home. As we started to go into the office again, it became a little bit more difficult for me, but I definitely tried my best to have certain types of work on certain days. So that was something that was so helpful. And I was like, okay, if all these people are doing it, there must be something to it. Another thing that was very helpful for me that I did was my morning routine. So when I started my podcast, I loosely had had like tried having a morning routine at home. I would like kind of do things or I do I did things because I thought I was supposed to do them and other people were doing it and I didn't even really like it. But I kept interviewing people and they kept talking about this morning routine and how their morning routine set them up for the day and the importance of their routine and habits. And I'm like, okay, all of these really smart, incredible people that I look up to like live by this morning routine that they start their day with and it's what sets them up for success for the day. So I need to figure this out for myself. And I did. And I tested and tried different things of times that I wake up, the activities that I do, how short or long it is, how it varies throughout the week. And I found the perfect combination of things that work for me. And I urge you to figure out something that works for you too. And if you're not a morning person, maybe it's your nighttime routine because that's how you end the day. But some sort of routine that makes you feel your best, feel your most accomplished throughout the day. And having these routines really, really helped me a lot. And also I started incorporating journaling as part of that routine. Now I wanted to share a few clips from a few of my favorite episodes. A favorite episode of mine and one of yours too was Matilda Jerf. So I have followed Matilda for years online and I just love how she creates content. I had to ask her, how does she take her picture? What ways does she edit? What does she do? Because I wanted to get that effortless, unfiltered look that she was doing. So here's how her and her boyfriend create her content. What is your content taking process like? I mean, it's usually like pretty basic and simple. It's going to sound like a really boring boring (laughs) answer, but it's usually just like walking to and from the office or like whenever I do something, I make sure to just, oh, Raz, can you just take a quick photo? So I never like plan an outfit and like think, okay, I need to go out and take a photo of it. I did before when I started out because that's when I lived in Burgos, which is a really small town. It was like, if it was one sunny day, like I had to shoot content because the other days I couldn't. So Back then, I would be more like, okay, I want to shoot these five outfits. Let's go out and do it. Now it's more like, okay, I'm walking to the office. I'm wearing a really cute outfit. Like, Raz, take a photo of me. So it's pretty, it's just a little (laughs) quick and boring, to be honest. And you guys shoot everything on iPhone? Yeah. And then just like my film camera as well. Okay. And then you don't filter. No, never. Just up the picture. (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes if it's a really dark photo, like I'll, you know, like pull up the exposure or like shadows in a photo, but I don't use any filters. Or anything like that. Okay, so if people want to take content similar to yours and they really like your style, any tips for them to kind of get your photos? Well, I think like because I don't use filters, it is obviously like important with the light. So I think that is something I think about even though like I don't plan a photo. It's more like if me and Ras are out, I'll be like take a photo and if the light sucks, I'll try to, you know, maybe just turn the other way. So I think that is really important if you want, especially with like an iPhone. But other than that, just, you know, cliche but just like you know be yourself like I think that's what you need to do like don't force anything and also don't force photos because I feel like people like the genuine like in the moment yeah and then your poses are always so like natural and effortless too but I think some people when they're trying to figure out how to create content they don't even know what to do with their bodies any tips for people on taking pictures I usually say just like move around like literally just like walk a little move your arms a little just kind of like do what you would normally do but definitely just like try just like moving (laughs) <laughs> Me sitting here swaying. <laughs> yeah. 
I like I love how like effortless your pictures look yeah. and I guess because you are taking them so in the moment and they're yeah. genuine that's why they look that way and so yeah. you're not trying to look effortless you just yeah. like really are and I yeah. love your content thank you it's so good so in the last 100 episodes, one of my favorite episodes was with my friend and founder of Way, Jen Atkin. I love this episode with her. So definitely go back and check it out because I love their products. I've used them for so long and I've literally used them since launch. And I can't believe it's been over six years for her. And they've launched so many incredible products over the years. And one of my favorites is their Way Scalp Serum. So you guys might not realize how rough we are on our scalps. So I'm always wearing a ponytail or I'm pulling or styling my hair. But do you know that healthy hair really starts with your scalp and a little care goes a long way to make your hair overall look healthier. So Way's Scalp Serum balances, hydrates, soothes irritation, and creates an ideal environment for hair to thrive. So before I was using this product, I always had issues with my scalp because I travel frequently and my scalp just gets really dry um, between different climates or in the airplane or wherever I am. And then definitely from like styling and ponytails. So I like to think of scalp health like skincare. So it's really an extension of my skincare routine because I've got skin on my scalp. So this has ingredients like hyaluronic acid and adaptogens. And the way that I like to use it is at night. So as part of my skincare routine, then I'll go ahead and do the scalp care as well. And this helps to support the appearance of thicker and healthier hair. It also balances and hydrates the scalp and creates an environment for hair to thrive. The way to healthier hair starts with the scalp. So shop Way's all new scalp serum by going to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code Mariana15 to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code Mariana15. Do you ever feel stressed to keep up with like posting consistently? I definitely do. So with Jerf Avenue, like that's a full-time job. And then I really want to keep on posting on Instagram because I genuinely love posting on like Instagram and TikTok. Like I think it's so much fun and I love that creative aspect of it. So it's hard to like have time, especially during winter because it's so dark. Like during summer, it's so easy because like no matter what hour, you can just go out and take a photo. So during winter, I have found it really hard and I've been, you know, it does get a bit overwhelming, but I've tried to just like also just let myself like I can't I don't want to force anything and it's supposed to be fun as well so I kind of just I'm just trying to like tell myself that it's okay like you don't need to post every day like no one's gonna die (laughs) so you know like it's not the end of the day yeah and you have a full other business to run so there's a lot else going on and then I feel like with TikTok and video content that's just like another layer yeah of content to post yeah so do you plan your feed or you don't plan your feed I don't plan my feed. okay I did before like when I started out but it's just like that would be another thing that would be time consuming for me so I'd rather just post what the kind of like the photos that I have putting yourself out there on Instagram and starting a brand those things can be like really scary for people usually did you have any fears when you wanted to put yourself out there take this new leap in your journey honestly I think I'm pretty fearless in that sense like I don't really care what people think about me and especially growing up like Boros is where I come from it's a really small town so people definitely you know like talked about me they made fun of me and all of that but I was like okay why are you making fun of me literally I'm like doing what I love this one guy so I worked with a brand called Bali Buddy I didn't work with them I just like purchased from them and like I posted and then this guy he was like three years older than me he which is funny. I think he like actually purchased the same bottle to take photos and make fun of me. So like one time at a party, I brought a bottle to him. I gave it to him. I said, hi, like use this for your next photo. And he was just like, ah. <laughs> so I that's think. That's so weird. Yeah. So that's kind of like growing up in a small town, like mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff like that has happened. But that has never made me like not want to do it. I think that has just confirmed that while I'm doing something right, 
Yeah. I think a lot of girls now, they're aspiring to be influencers and they get really shy about putting themselves out there. And you were so confident to do it regardless of what people think. But they do have people in their lives, whether it's friends or peers who are picking on them for doing this. Do you have any advice for them how to, you know, go forward with this? Because if it's something you really want to do. Exactly. I think it's like, if it makes you feel good, do it. Don't care about what other people say. People, there will always be small-minded people around you. But I think it's just so important to let those people be like white noise. Focus on yourself. Focus on what you love. And let all of that other negativity just be white noise, honestly. I know. Because at the end of the day, like if you, if it becomes your career and yeah. you're so happy, then they're going to want you because they want you to go post exactly. something for them. <laughs> exactly. And life is honestly too short to not try things out. Like, Life is fun. It's supposed to be fun. And I think it's just important to step out of your comfort zone as well. Someone I got to sit down and interview, which was one of my favorite episodes, was with Jay Shetty. I listen to Jay's podcast every week. I love the content that he creates and I love following him online. And I was so honored to have him on the podcast. And everything he talks about is purpose and finding purpose in our life through career and in our personal life. And so I wanted to talk to him all about finding our purpose. And here are some of his tips. So I know everything you do from your book to your podcast is all about purpose. And I love the book so much, but I really want to find out like your journey to finding your own purpose. Yeah. I mean, I think looking for purpose today is such a important pursuit. And I feel it's also a difficult one because it feels like everyone else has found their purpose and we're the only ones that haven't. And I feel like there's this pressure to find your purpose as well. We have this pressure that you have to find your one purpose and you have to figure it out now and you're getting old or, you know, you're young right now, so you should know it. And I think I experienced a lot of that growing up. And as my purpose has evolved, I've realized I've just discovered new layers of it again and again and again. And there's this beautiful metaphor or story about Michelangelo and how Michelangelo would say that the sculpture was always there. When people would say to him, how do you create these beautiful sculptures? He would say the sculpture was already there in the marble or the piece of rock or the piece of stone. And he said, I just chip away around it. And I feel like finding my purpose has been a journey of chipping away and just doing what felt right and felt called to in the moment. So when I was 11 years old, I was really shy and my parents forced me to go to public speaking and drama school. And I really didn't want to go because I was so nervous and anxious, but my parents thought it would be a good idea. At 11 years old, I pretty much listened to my parents a lot. So I ended up doing it. And when I became 18 and I got introduced to the monks and ancient wisdom and started reading all these spiritual texts, I now found a reason for being trained in public speaking. I could share what I'd learned. I could articulate ideas. I could extrapolate things from texts. I found purpose for that skill. And then as life went on and I started to work in coaching and the content world that I work in right now, I've just realized that everything's just been chipping away slowly. So The way I define purpose is when you use your skills in the service of others. So when you use what you love and what you're good at to improve the lives of others. And so I always ask people, what do you want to be good at? What do you love? And then how can you use that to improve other people's lives? That's how you simplify it and make it easy. I hope that answers your question. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think about that even for myself too. I think like there's a core of what I love in life and that's making people feel good and motivating and inspiring, whether that's through product or podcast or being an influencer. And so it changes and evolves in so many different ways and you don't have to be just one thing. And I I love that about your own life that you went from being a monk to being a podcast host and an author and a coach. And it's still the core value of what your purpose is, but through different platforms. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that, Mariana. I, I appreciate that so much because I think I've, I've really tried to be non-judgmental with myself and be experimental and allowed myself to become what my heart wants me to become at the time. So when I became a monk, most of my friends would have said to me, Jay, you are not a monk. Like, you know, just a few years ago, you were out drinking and partying and experimenting and doing all the rest of it. And now all of a sudden you want to be monk. So most of my friends at that time would have said, Jay, you're not spiritual at all. And it's really funny now that the majority of people know me as someone who lived as a monk and I practice meditation daily. And it's, of course, the foundation of my life and who I am. But now when I get excited about media or get excited about something, people say, well, Jay, you're spiritual. Why would you be excited about things that are strategic and business-led? And what I've realized is I'm just trying to allow myself to be more of everything I am and allowing myself to accept all of who I am because I've realized that I love being spiritual and strategic. I love being assertive and affectionate. I love being kind and focused. I love being ambitious and accepting. I've realized that I'm a lot more layered. And I really believe that if we all looked at ourselves, we'd find that we're all layered. We all don't want to be put in a box. We all don't want one word or one job or one title to define who we are. And so allowing ourselves and allowing each other to be more than a title is something that we've all been given the gift of today because we don't live in a traditional world where your job title was who you were. So this morning I sat down and I was like, wow, I have so much to do today. I was eating my breakfast and I was like, I'm so overwhelmed with all the things I need to do. But what I do when I do that is I sit down with my planner. I write down all the things I have to do for the day. I literally write down the exact time, the order, everything I want to do. And then I get so much satisfaction from doing my to-do list and crossing everything off and just feeling so accomplished. So I did this for the next couple of days of everything I have to do. And I just feel so much better now to like get everything out of my head and onto pen and paper. So if you guys are looking for a product that can help you do this, check out Still Classics. So Still is organizational products that inspire people to be their best, most organized selves. Still offers organizational products like planners, journals, notebooks, and accessories that really allow you to organize all the aspects of your life, including your business, your home life, and of course, your social life. So if you're struggling with managing your time or keeping on top of your to-dos, Still has a solution for you. Their selection of daily and weekly planners that are not only thought Thoughtfully designed. They also really look beautiful. So this planner has been a huge part of helping me feel more organized, focused, and productive. So today I felt really overwhelmed with all of the things I had to do. So the get it done planner is perfect if you guys are a little overwhelmed like me, because it focuses on your three most important tasks of the day, your secondary tasks, and what your morning, day, and night looks like. And if you're looking for a little refresh of your life and just want to like reorganize and think about things, definitely check out their reset planner. Use code Mariana at checkout for 25% off your first purchase. Visit stillclassics.com. That's S-T-I-L classics.com to get yourself organized and use code Mariana at checkout. With you, I know you had a job and you were really unhappy in your career. And that's when you decided, you know, I want to be a monk. 
For someone who feels like they're not living towards their life's purpose, how can they even figure out what that might be? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I'd say that there's a few parts. The first thing is to try and look for meaning even in what you don't love. So you may be working a job right now, you're listening to this podcast and you're working at a place you don't like or you're working for someone you don't like or maybe you just, maybe you don't even like it. You just, you know, you're indifferent about it. And the first step is to look for meaning where you are because the habit or the practice of being able to find meaning anywhere is the muscle that we're trying to build. So I feel that if you learn to find meaning, even in a place that feels meaningless, you develop the ability. So even when I worked, I worked at a large corporate company and I was a digital strategy and innovation consultant. That was my title. I didn't believe that I was going to be a consultant for the rest of my life, but I knew that I could learn a lot at this job that would be beneficial. And I didn't know what I was going to do with what I learned. I just knew that there was something that was going to be important if I was more curious. So I learned about social media. I learned about digital. I learned about innovation. I didn't ever think I would make content or videos or share messages. I just knew that there was something interesting about learning these skills. So I would ask everyone who's listening right now to think about their job, their role right now, and say, what could I learn from this that might be helpful in the future? Is it negotiation? Is it communication? Is it about brands? Is it about a particular industry? All of those are great learning points and lessons that often you wouldn't get unless you were in the opportunity you have right now. The second thing I'd look at is I'd ask people, what are your skills? What are your strengths? Or what are you curious enough about to get good at? So sometimes we have strengths and sometimes we're like, Jay, I literally, when you ask me that question, all I can do is think of a list of weaknesses. I don't think I have any strengths. Okay, well, what are you weak at? Or what are you intrigued about enough that you're willing to put in the work to become great at. And I think in the conversation on purpose, skills and strengths are often missed. We don't think about them because we think it's all about passion. It's all about what you love. And I think that's misleading because if you're not really good at it, if you haven't developed the skill and the muscle and the ability, it's going to be really hard. Another favorite episode was with Jessica Alba. With Jess, I felt like she just knew so much of finding an honest work-life balance between being an actress, having a company, being a mother, a wife, and a friend, and how she makes time for all of these things in her life and still prioritizing herself. So Jess is sharing about having an honest work-life balance. So there's like so much that you're doing personally and professionally. So like, how do you balance it all? And I know that's such a cliche question, but it's true because you have two very full-time careers in social and TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I guess I try to be present in the moment and I try to do things like sometimes the just the day-to-day grind of like being in the weeds of like just business processes can feel so draining. And and as a creative person like and it's also all all consuming, right? Because I think most people when they own one piece of the business and they have their core competency, they stay narrow in that space. But I go as founder again, I go across every function and I, yeah, anyway, my brains. And I, I feel like I 
need to do. I force myself to do things that are just fun and different and outside the box. And it just forces me to do something else, right? And not be always thinking about processes and and that stuff in every function of, of the business and all the in the weeds of that. It gets corporate stuff gets can be quite draining. And I also think that like where I'm most additive to the business is more of the creative. You know, that's where I think I bring my best self and that's where I can add the most value. And then what else? I started this little production company out of my rental house. And it's great because we get to make short form content, long form content. It's another way for me to sort of like be creative and try things. And and I get to like do home makeovers and I get to do beauty tutorials and competitions. And it's just like a funny, fun, not a lot of risk, not a lot of, I don't know, it doesn't matter if it doesn't really work. It's just let's see, let's try it. Let's learn. So I think that's a way that I try to figure out how to not get so bogged down. So like when you're filming a movie, how are you splitting your time between like the work you need to do on the brand and filming? Because then you're like really on set. So you're like very unavailable. But very available because I'm always on email, (laughs) which is all anybody really wants from me. Because by the time we get in a meeting, then it's actually, I'm probably better over emails then it's not a long drawn out conversation you know I am trying to figure out this next schedule but I think I'm going to be working like seven days a week for like six or seven weeks so my two days five days a week on the movie and then two days a week at honest (laughs) so I think that's what's going to happen and then I'm always on emails right it's not night I don't really get to be and and then sort of like the the guidance for for the team, there's like two days where we really like go in and as as like leadership team. And then I have my like sort of creative sign-offs on and and guidance on various projects. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but we'll see how it goes. I cannot believe that summer is almost over. I think of the unofficial end of summer as like right after Labor Day, but really it's not for like another few weeks. But that's kind of like when I'm thinking of the season ending and I'm so bummed about it. So I'm trying to make the most of like my last few weeks of summer. And if you guys are enjoying the last bit of this warm weather, this Labor Day, whether you're soaking up the sun at the beach or packing up for a picnic or hosting a barbecue at your home, Macy's has bathing suits, sunscreen, fluffy towels, jewel tone serveware, and so much more to help you wrap up your summer on a high note. So as I'm shopping for some end of summer pieces, I'm thinking about transitional pieces. So what can I wear that I can wear for summer that I can transition into fall? One of the pieces is this editor back cutout dress. It comes in black and blue. I would love it in the summer with like a pair of flats, but then I transition into fall. I can layer a blazer on top. Another really cute dress. I love everything denim right now. I would just want to wear like full denim outfits, like skirts, dresses, like tops, everything denim on denim. And there's a Donna Karen zip front sleeveless dress. It's a denim like kind of fabric and it's perfect for summer and then definitely going into fall. 
The great thing about end of summer is buying pieces that you've been having your eye on all season, but now they're on sale because it's the end of the season. I'm obsessed with these towels. It's from Charter Club. It's called the Resort Cabana Striped Beach Towel. They're so beautiful and they're on sale and they have a couple different colors. And I feel like I need to stock up on these because I can definitely use these all year long. And if you're going on any last minute travels before the end of the summer, you guys can stock up on all of your packing essentials. They've got packing cubes and travel essentials and everything you need. You can get all this and more at Macy's.com. Again, that's Macy's.com. Another episode I loved was with Kami Crawford. She's the co-host of MTV's Catfish, and she also was in this year's Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, and we're talking all about confidence. So I want to talk to you about confidence a little bit because I feel like you are just so confident. It comes through in everything from the moment I saw you on stage to like just the way that you carry yourself now. So have you always felt this confident in yourself or like what, what kind of change for you where you kind of had that confidence to stop caring what others had to say? Definitely not always. When I was younger, when I was a kid and all the way up until middle school, I think until I was like 12 or 13, I cared so much about what everybody thought about me to the point where it didn't matter what I felt about myself. I got bullied a lot. And it was like a situation where every day I would come to school. I had these three main bullies in elementary school that like made my life hell just like for fun. And I would come to school I have naturally curly hair. So I'd come to school with my hair curly. And like at the time it was really long and like, I wish I never cut it or relaxed it or did any of the stupid stuff that I did to it at the time. But I would come through the door and they would be like, oh, your hair looks so much better when it's straight. I hate it when it's curly. It's so ugly. So I would go home and be like, mom, can you please like press my hair out? I need my hair straight. And she's like, okay. And then I would come to school with my hair straight and they'd be like, oh, your hair is disgusting when it's straight. It's so much better curly. And it was like this constant, like mind game of like, there was no right that could be done. And I lived like that for a really long time where I was just like, everybody else's opinion of me mattered more than my opinion of myself. Cause I didn't even have an opinion of myself. And finally it was eighth grade transitioning into high school. And I, I just literally made a decision and it sounds easier said than done, but I was like, I am tired of feeling like this. I'm depressed. I'm 12. I'm depressed. <laughs> and like, I feel horribly about myself. I don't even like looking at myself in the mirror without critiquing every single little thing that's on me. I'm going to decide that I'm deciding how I feel about myself forever. And it was literally a decision that I made at, at 12, 13 years old. And that's how I decided to move about life. And it's just like, at that point, nobody could tell me anything about anything. Like, and that's when I became the comeback queen. How do you turn that confidence and authenticity into a career? Because you've been able to now have a social media platform from it, a podcast and being a host. I just realized that trying to do anything else was not serving me. Like Mm -hmm. I just could not get into it and it would stress me out so much. Like even when I, you know, started content creating and, you know, people are asking you, it kind of like, I feel like being an influencer is kind of like a snowball effect. Like somebody asks you where you got your jeans. And next thing you know, you got to like to know a page in a Amazon shopping Mm -hmm. site. Like it's very like that sometimes. And that's how it was for me. And I got to the point where like, you know, a few years ago on Instagram, it was like, you had to post three times a day or like you weren't relevant. And trying to do those things was exhausting me. And I was like, I'm not this girl. Like, I don't know how to do this. And like, I admire you so much in your work because you be tagging those links. You got everything. I'm like, how does she do it? It, 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 I just had to come to the realization that it's never going to be me. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And I can't keep up with that. And it's exhausting for me emotionally. So like, let me let the people who that is their thing. Let me let them do their thing and let me do my thing. 
And it took a while, but I figured it out because I was like, it's not making me happy. Like I need to do something that's making me happy. And I just realized that, you know, even especially on Catfish, like it, it was the first kind of avenue of my career that I went into where nobody was telling me what I needed to be like in order to to have the job. It was like, whatever I said, whatever I did, I found myself in the very, very beginning when I was just guest hosting on there, going to the producer and being like, was that okay that I said that? And they were like, everything that you say is greenlit. Like say anything, say everything that you feel. They were like, we trust where you're going with this. And even now I watch every single episode before we air it. And like, as it's being cut and approved and I have a really great relationship with our producers and with our team that cut the show. And like, if I have an opinion about something, they want to hear it and we talk about it and you know, they'll make edits based off of things that I might say about the episode or like different topics that we might discuss, whether it's like race or LGBTQIA plus issues or just like different things that I try to stay as educated on as possible. And it's great to know that like my opinion is valued in that way and in a show that's been on for 10 years. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Marianna underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.